Welcome to the Scalar Learning Podcast, the ultimate education show on the forefront of the burgeoning edtech revolution. Join us each week as we interview the most cutting-edge edtech companies, content creators, and curriculum developers across the planet. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of the Scale It Learning Podcast. I'm your host, Huzefa, as always. In today's episode, we have a gentleman that I feel like has a lot in common with me because, for, well, for a few reasons. Firstly, he loves math. He's a high school math teacher in Long Island in New York, and that's where I met him. Uh, number two, more importantly, he loves to integrate music into math, and he does this by making these really amazing math rap songs across all different categories and topics of math. And the way that we met was we were both performing one of our math songs at the National Museum of Math in New York just a few months ago. And he was the last performer and did an amazing job. And I'd actually seen some of his videos before, so it was really cool to meet him in person, told him about the show, and here we are. So without further ado, I'd like to welcome the guest, Mike Andrikovic, or Mr. A, to the show. Mike, how's it going? Hey, it's going great, Josefa. Thanks so much. Thanks for having me. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you for coming on. So first of all, tell us, how did you first get into teaching, and more importantly, teaching math? So teaching is kind of a funny story for me. It was sort of in the stars, if you like. I grew up in a family where my mom was a teacher, and my dad was also a teacher. My uncle was a teacher. So it was kind of something that kind of ran in the family, but I bucked against that trend. I didn't feel the call to do teaching originally, and you know everyone kind of pushed me towards it, but I resisted. I went into business and kind of struck out on my own for a while. But eventually, it kind of pulled me back in. And it's funny, before I became a teacher, uh, my wife, who uh, was my girlfriend before then, she became a teacher as well. So I kind of married into it. I used to joke that I had to, like, trade one, you know, to get out of family business. I had to bring one in. And then uh, after about 10 years in sales and management, I decided I was ready for a change. And I found that I was always drawn to teaching, whether I was teaching new people like in the business about a particular product or how to sell or if I was in the dojo or the gym sharing techniques and things like that teaching was always the thing that got me the most excited when I was able to share something that I had learned with someone else and kind of build on that experience so I decided you know what let's just do this it seems to be where I belong so I went back to school to become a math teacher and why math well I was always good at math and I didn't necessarily enjoy it in school in fact I had a pretty angry relationship with it. Um, it wasn't one of my favorite classes, although I could do it. I found it really sterile and uninteresting, and it didn't really appeal to me as, as a young child or as an adolescent, I guess I should say. But as I grew older, I started to become more interested in it, particularly when I got to calculus and then a little bit later on in college when I studied calc a little further. I found that there was a lot more to the mathematics than I realized, and I, hadn't, I didn't feel like I got the right experience in school. And so as I started to come around to the joy of mathematics and the things about that are really cool, I realized that this is maybe somewhere I can make an impact, right? So I think about myself as a 15-year-old kid sitting in a math class thinking this is stupid, and I'm thinking, you know, if someone had just shown me what I'm seeing now, I think, I don't know, of course, but I think if I could go back in time and someone would show it to me the way I'm seeing it now, that I'd get really jazzed about it. Because 
really math is about like this search for truth and knowledge and understanding and not what I perceived it at the time, which was, you know, memorizing formulas and plug and play and stuff like that. So I was drawn to it because I thought it was something I knew I could do it. I had an aptitude for the subject, but I also thought it was somewhere I could make an impact. I could maybe reach, you know, the 15 year old me's of the world and help them to see that it's actually something really cool that they should sink their teeth into rather than something to blow off and go find something else to do. So what are some of the things that you do in order to help students make those connections or help them to see math the way you see it now as a search for truth? Yeah, so, you know, it's really tough because I, I've, I found that it's, it's tough to get kids to see it different than the way they kind of think it is. So I teach mostly 10th graders and occasionally 11th and 12th, depending on how my schedule falls out each year. But most of my kids are 10th graders, which means they come to me already having 9 or 10 years of formal school and pretty much a standard experience where math to them is a bunch of stuff that other people have figured out. And, you know, if you see a problem that looks like this, here's the steps. And when you get to the end, you put a box around it. That's your answer, right? So I try to really pull back the veil by focusing on the understanding and also by trying to give them some more tidbits about what's happening kind of behind the scenes, like what, what lies beyond what we're able to do in this course. You know, we're not going to be able to do it in this course, but where is this going, right? So instead of something like completing the square, for example, instead of teaching some steps where you take like a half the middle term and you square it and you add to both sides, which is what you know, virtually everyone I've ever seen does when they're teaching completing the square, I talk about the Babylonians trying to work out this problem, and I give it to them in words before algebra even existed. And I say, like, just imagine this, right? This is a problem that was solved thousands of years ago before anybody could even write down x squared plus 2x equals 5. Like, that wasn't a thing. We didn't have that notation, but this was still a problem that existed in the world. Like, if you've got a rectangle and one of the sides is 5 more than the other with a certain area, like, what would the lengths be? How do you make that rectangle if it's not just, you know, 40 or something where you could just figure out nice numbers? And they were able to solve these problems without algebra by thinking geometrically, by building a picture, and by telling a story of literally converting a rectangle into a square or as close as you could get it to be a square. So I try to really push the story of mathematics, right, trying to understand what we're doing, why does the thing that we're doing work, as opposed to, hey, guys, here's a problem, and, you know, people way smarter than all of us have figured out how to solve it a long time ago. Let me just show you how we do it, and then you go home and memorize those problems so you can come back and do it on Friday for the quiz, right? It's about us in the classroom developing that understanding. And that, that's, that's the main thing that I try to push. And then, of course, sharing you know, little things that go beyond what we would do normally in high school. So everyone in high school pretty much learns how to find distance and of course between two points, let's say. But they always do it with this distance formula, which is this I hate the distance formula. It's this great, big, ugly, massive thing that I remember having to memorize in high school, and I hated it. But no one ever showed me that it was just Pythagorean theorem, which I had known for years. And I never got to make that connection in high school. So I helped my kids see that, and then we talk about, wait a minute. So like, if we can use this to find the distance between two points that are in a line, and then we can have a grid go to two dimensions you know, and use that, and we can even push it to three, but then there's like a natural question that comes up there, right? Like, what would happen if we had four dimensions? 
what does that even mean? Can we talk here? Can we do that, right? Is that allowed? And so we start to peel back the veil a little bit, and I try to help my kids see that, you know what, math isn't just something that's imposed on us. It's this way to seek knowledge in the world, and it's a way to tap into parts of the world that we could not even imagine without it. And it's fun to think about, like, what would a fourth dimension be, right? And taking kids who have never thought about that, through the process of like, okay, well, if it's not left and right, and it's not forward and back, and it's not up and down, like, where else can you go? That's hard to think about, but, we, but it's fun to think about, right? And we can actually access that world with something as simple as the Pythagorean theorem, which just blows my mind. And the, what you mentioned before in terms of telling a story, you're almost looking at, I mean, if you think about the distance formula in particular, which is a formula that I, I feel the exact same way, I always have, and you you see a little bit of the derivation or you hear you understand that story that reminds me slightly of of how singapore math tries to train people for mathematics and in terms of as opposed to just memorizing the formulas or seeing the process having students go through the go through that path of trying to figure out the formula or figure out the process themselves and then be shown the shortcut after the fact is much more likely to stick. So that's amazing. That makes a lot of sense. Uh, and we use Singapore math all the time in school. So I think it's, it's an amazing learning tool. It's an amazing philosophy. Now, you've been teaching math for quite some time. You've been, it sounds like, doing a great job of helping students see these connections how and when did the idea to create a math rap come about? So that's actually kind of a funny story. So I've been teaching 11 years now. So that story begins in my very first year as a teacher. So we've got to go back 11 years almost to the day right now. And it's coming into the third quarter, maybe a little bit into the third quarter of my first year. And it was a tough year, particularly my group of 10th graders that year, who was geometry. And that's a tough class in general, and it was a tough district that I was working in. And I was really struggling to connect with the kids in the way that I wanted to and get them to really engage with the material. And I was kind of poking around on YouTube, and I ran into this extra credit problem or extra credit assignment that some kids had done in an AP calculus class. They made this math rap. I just thought it was super cool. So I remember thinking, like, wow, I could get, like, let my kids do an extra credit math rap. And I thought it was the best idea ever, right? Like in my head, remember, I'm just my first year teaching. I'm just out of pre-service really. And I'm thinking, this is going to be great. I'm going to, this is all on a weekend that I put this plan together. I'm thinking, I'm going to go in Monday and I'm going to be like, all right, listen up. I've got this great idea. It's going to be awesome. You're going to love it. We're going to, you can do a math wrap and we'll get extra credit. So I've got to get the kids kind of juiced, right? And something they can sink their teeth into. And Josefa, if I use the word lame, that would be a huge understatement of how they felt about this idea. I mean, I was so crestfallen. I, w- I went into school so excited to tell them, and they just shot me down so bad. They were like, Mr. A, that is the dumbest thing we've ever heard. Why would we want to do a rap about math? We don't even like math, right? But they thought it was such a dumb idea that they thought it would be funny if I did one so that they could, like, make fun of me, right? Like, ah, check out the lame math teacher doing a stupid math rap. So I said, all right, let me see if I can turn this around. I said, I'll tell you what. If you make a math rap then I'll make one. Now, I have to tell you, when I said this, this was just me on the, on the fly trying to like, pull out a win here, right? Like This didn't go the way I thought it was going to. I'm trying to pull something out. And as I say the words, I am terrified. The thought of doing a rap in front of my kids, I'd never done anything like that before. I was absolutely terrified of the idea. And I think half of me was probably just thinking, they're never going to do it, so there's no real danger here, right? 
but I throw it out there, and they say, okay, we'll do it. They're going to take up the challenge. So now I spend the next few weeks actually trying to put something together, and it was compared to what I do now, it was such a tiny thing. All I did was, if you go the, the old uh, Jay Z and Rihanna song "Rehab," uh, in my school at that time we had something called Math Lab, which was a place the kids could go during the day, and it was staffed by teachers, so they could just kind of get extra help and stuff. And so I did try to make me go to Math Lab instead of trying to make me go to Rehab. And all I did was the bars that Jay Z had in the middle of the song. That was it. It was just like I don't know, 20 bars at most or something like that. And I worked so hard on it, and I came in the last day of school, and three of my kids did this amazing rendition of Beastie Boys' Paul Revere, which, by the way, anyone listening to this, you can still you can see all of these, like my first rap and this Beastie Boys one that I'm talking about on my YouTube channel. They're all up there. And so they knocked it out of the park, and so then it was my turn, right? Like, I had to go. And I did the rap, and... I was surprised, but the kids loved it. Like they, they didn't, they weren't making fun of me. They weren't, you know, thinking it was lame. They thought it was awesome. They were so excited about it. And I was like, wow, maybe I'm onto something here. So the next year I was teaching in a different school district, but I said, you know, let me try this again. Let me try to do it. Cause my kids had seen it and they were like, Oh man, that's so cool. You're going to do another one this year. So I was like, ah, I'll try. Right. And, and I did another one and they loved it. And then each year I just kind of, I kept trying to do it. Everyone kind of wanted me to do one. I tried to do another one. And so far I've managed to do one every single year that I've been teaching. Uh, the kids make their own raps also for extra credit, some of them, at the end of the year. And this is kind of how we end the year out. The last day I do my rap, they do theirs. And it's really kind of snowballed into this thing that's grown into way more than I ever could have expected. But it all came out of just a first-year teacher's desperate attempt to get the kids just a little bit more motivated in the fourth quarter. Now, how do you think that has changed? Inter- so I, I, it sounds like everybody in the school, if, if get, you give me that sense that everybody in the school knows about it and they're probably excited to, to be in your class. How do you think that has changed the people's attitudes about math, just having that one little component added on into your class? Uh, you know, I would love to say, man, it's made all the difference in the world. The truth is, though, I don't know that it makes a huge difference. I think that it definitely perks the kids' ears up a little bit. Like, it maybe opens them up a little more to be willing to kind of listen to what I'm saying, you know. But um, I think it gives me a little bit of street cred in that way. But it's not revolutionary. Like, everyone is excited about it, and they're always like, oh, you know, it's the Mr. Mr. A, the rap and math teacher, and they see me in the halls. And, you know, and they, they know me, even in the middle school, before they get to the high school. Like, they know about this teacher that does math raps and stuff. But it's, uh, it, it's more ornamental. You know, it, I haven't been able to get the traction yet from it. Um, you know, like, I've got kids that love the raps, but they don't do anything in my class, you know, like, they just kind of phone it in, but they could sing, like, they know the lyrics to some of my raps, they could, they could rap them for you, but they just, they just aren't into the math. So that's the connection I'm still working on making. Um, it certainly doesn't hurt, but I'm not sure that it helps in the way that, that I would like it to help, I, you know, potentially, anyway. What about audience members on YouTube or people that have watched your videos and liked your videos, what are some of the comments that they've left in terms of, I mean, have they found these videos that you make to be useful learning tools or education tools? Yeah, I mean, people love them. I get all kinds of different comments. You know, people say, like, oh, where was this guy when I was in high school? You know, I wish I had a, a math teacher like that. You know, and, and, of course, what they're responding to is, like, the fun of the math rap, you know, and, like, it's cool and it's interesting and it's something different. And, 
you know, so they don't see my class. So, you know, my class is challenging, you know, because we're pushing to really understand things, which is, which is hard work, even though raps are really fun. So I get really positive responses from people online about it. Um, but I haven't gotten that, like, big response yet that, I, that I'm waiting for. I always joke around, um, you know, you put a cat on a Roomba and you get a million views by Tuesday. You know, but I, I work for months on these things, and it's tough to get it out there. I think that it seems the intersection of hip-hop fans and mathematics fans is not a great one. It's a small subset of each of those classes. And I'm still trying to reach like, you know, that, that moment when I can really get a bunch of people to see these and go, wow, this is cool. Let's share this. Yeah. I, I, I gotta tell you, I mean, I love making music about math. I've done two rap songs. No, wait, three, two or three rap songs, by the way, I think two. And those are really, really fun. But yeah, it's, it's, it is challenging, I think, to hit that cross-section or that sweet spot, but it's such a blast in the process. And I was just talking to one of my buddies about this earlier today, actually. It's such a blast and it's so much fun that it kind of doesn't matter for the time being, and I think that's what keeps you going. Plus, that general promise that when you're combining something fun with something so important and also something so challenging that – more likely than not, you're definitely doing something positive and really important for the community. So I, I think that's another factor. So I met you at the performance at the National Museum of Math, which is super fun. It's called Open Set. I think they do it once a year. And I thought you were great when you performed. I got to ask, what's next on the agenda? I, I assume you're going to keep making these math wraps, but uh, what's the plan in the next few years? And also, are you looking to do any other performances in other venues? Well, so I have, I'm working on the video right now. I have completed the newest math rap. Mr. A's 2018 math rap is done. I had to go way old school for this one. It's getting harder to find good hip-hop these days. The, the trends are shifting away, it seems. So I went back to uh, Ice Cube's A Good Day. I don't know if you know that track. Of course. And, uh, and I just kept the name, A Good Day, except this one is about math being making the day good, right? And so I'm really excited to release that track in the next few weeks sometime. Uh, like I said, the video I'm still shooting and editing pieces together. And, uh, you know, I'm looking towards next year and hopefully being able to keep this thing going. I mean, it gets a little harder every year because, you know, it's got, it's got to feel organic. You know, I actually was concerned at one point this year that it wasn't going to happen because I feel like it has to really be genuine. Like, it's got to be there. I don't want to force it and, you know, squeeze something out that's kind of mediocre. I really want it to to resonate with me otherwise i can't expect it to resonate with other people and but it did come together and i'm hoping to be able to continue doing this and i would love to do this anywhere and anytime you know so if anyone listening to this is running a math conference or something you know i have performed at the uh the ampness which is that's the association of math teachers of new york state i performed at their conference last year and i'm happy to bring my math raps to anyone who's interested in hearing or seeing them you know, i'm trying to i'm trying to like kind of co-opt some of the cool that hip-hop has, right? I mean, if you think about modern, I don't know, I guess pop culture, hip-hop has this massive pedestal that it sits upon. It, could, it, it influences and touches so many things right now. And I'm trying to kind of co-opt some of the street cred, the coolness of that genre, which, by the way, I love. So I'm not, like, just taking advantage. I mean, these are all tracks that are near and dear to my heart. I love the genre. I've listened to hip-hop since I was a little kid in Boy Scouts. And I'm trying to kind of take that and use it to show the world how cool this other thing that I really love, mathematics, is that most people don't really get and don't really see how cool it is because to them it's just formulas. And I'm trying to use it as an icebreaker to kind of get a foot in the door and say, you know what, hold on a second. There's more to mathematics than you've seen. 
just give me a chance. Like, let me show you what else there is out there. And that's kind of my mission. So any way that I can get that word out there, I am happy to do it. That is amazing. The passion is palpable. And obviously, I don't think anybody can respect what you do more than I do because I love math. And I think trying to find creative ways to connect with students is paramount. If people are listening now and they want to check out your stuff on YouTube or elsewhere, where do they go? So there's a couple of ways to find me. On YouTube, my channel is Mike Dobbs, D-O-B-B-S 76, but it's easier to just go to Google and type Mr. A Math Rap. If you do that, a bunch of my raps will come right up in the search history. Click on any one of them, and then you'll be on my YouTube channel, which, by the way, has more than just math raps. I also have lots of, uh, I do screencasts, you know, like, you know, video casts. Uh, for teaching math. So I do. I have all kinds of calc videos and geometry videos and stuff up there as well. So you can learn in addition to just having fun and checking out cool raps about math. All right. Awesome. If you guys are listening and miss that, well, it's a podcast. You can just rewind. But if you don't want to do that, you can check out the write-up at scalarlearning.com. Just go to the podcast section and you can, of course, uh, re-listen to this episode and check out the write-up and get all those pertinent links. And if you haven't done so yet, make sure to check out our YouTube channel, Scalar Learning. Just go to YouTube and search for Scalar Learning. And we've got weekly live streams covering SAT math every Wednesday. And we've also got math music videos coming out on the regular. Uh, We've got six 16 now and more on the way this summer and got some interesting collaborations coming up as well so make sure to check back for that and for new podcast episodes they drop every monday so check back every monday for a new podcast episode thank you guys so much for joining and i'll see you all next time take it easy Yeah.